0: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: All right, guys. Caroline Soro and Michael Swain here with the Kansas 247 Postgate Wrap. Michael, how about them Jayhawks? (laughs) Yeah,
3: what, what an incredible day. I think that going in, you had an idea that this could be the time that Kansas claims the sixth win. But I think for them to do it in the fashion that they did was certainly impressive, and it's hard not to start I think with maybe the post game celebrations. It's been a long time since the goalposts were in Potter Lake, and I think it's something that was well deserved. I think I put it on social media beforehand that the goalposts had to come down today, and it's right behind us. They're putting it back up, but I think just overall, this is a day that I think a lot of KU football players, KU football fans, I won't forget after the last decade plus of. Big time struggles.
2: Definitely. I think it's a huge breakthrough, not only for, you know, the fans, but for this program as a whole, for the city, for everybody. I was right there in the thick of it down here on the field when all the people were surrounding the base of the goalpost. And to me, I was like, gosh, should I get out of here? It looks like, you know, that the security guards are not going to let these guys in here. And then next thing you know, the students, the fans, everybody just broke away, got in there, <laughs> started jumping on the goalpost, started tearing it down. And I was running with the crowd. I mean, I, I came into the post game press conference. Out of breath because they they ran it all the way up the hill, all the way out the stadium, all the way up the hill to Potter Lake, and split it in two separate pieces, put one post in, then put the other post in, and people were screaming the rock shock champ broke out on the side of Potter Lake. It it was just crazy. But I think, like you said, you know, it's just a sentiment to how big something like this is to this program. I mean, I feel like there's been you know some jokes here and there about the students rushing the field and kind of like, okay, you know, we need to take this program seriously. But at the same time, this is a city, these are students, these are families. Fans, a whole entire fan base that has been deprived of something like this yeah. from its football program for quite some time. I mean, no bowl game since 2008, and here we are back again. Total total turnaround in just the past two years. It's it's, it's crazy.
3: It is crazy, and I think that for those that haven't seen, go to the. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, it will have a video up that Caroline took of the goalpost going to the lake. It's pretty fun, but. I think maybe we might even get lost in this is the most, kind of the historical part of beating a top 25 team. It's the first home top 25 win that Kansas has had since 2005 when uh, they, they beat Iowa State and you go back to 2010 and when they beat Georgia Tech and that's the last time they had a ranked win. I mean, this is one of those days that I put in our post game observations that, hey, there are a lot of first since and I think if we're going to start about the game itself. You gotta start with Devin Neal.
2: Oh, definitely. I was I was gonna go there next. You beat me to it. But <clears throat> Lance Leipold said it best in his post-game press conference too. He said, I don't think it's any more fitting for the hometown kid that's from Lawrence here to be the icing on the cake that pushes KU to a bowl game. I mean, that's pretty special. The guy had, and I think you know, we were talking about it up in the box during the game too. The guy had over a hundred rushing yards, both Oh, 100 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards. So like triple digits in both categories, that is unheard of for a Jayhawk. First time in history.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. Over 200 rushing yards, over 100 receiving yards. Just an all-around incredible performance. And I think if you compare it to some of the past running backs that have come through here, Gail Sayers, Tony Sands are, are two that come to mind immediately and just an incredible showing. I think that this is one of those games where devin neal showed why he was such a highly thought of recruits why he's such a highly thought of player for this program not only the leadership but just the level of play for most of the season he's been getting 15 carries a game right you know 17 touches total you know today he puts on an nfl workload right over 30 carries uh, six receptions this is the type of performance that you see from an nfl style of running back and to be the first key football running back ever to have over 100 receiving yards 100 rushing yards in a game I think just speaks to the significance of the performance. And this is one of those games that if KU doesn't have Devin Neal, if it's Sevion Morrison and Kai Thomas having to do that, I don't know if KU puts up 37 points. Right. That's how special Devin Neal was today.
2: Right, and we've talked a lot about, um, you know, after games this whole season about how deep this running back room is. Yeah. And a big part of that was Daniel Highshaw. And we knew that after Hyshaw went out a couple of weeks ago that somebody was going to have to step up and be that guy. And Devin Neal has been your RB1 all season long. But, I mean, I would say he has absolutely exceeded expectations. I mean, the definition of stepping up. And the crazy thing is the kid is only a sophomore, which is, I mean, he's young. I mean, like you said, it, it just is a sentiment to why he was thought of so highly as a recruit and not to mention to come out and do that in a game where it absolutely needed to happen. Mm Like, a couple players mentioned, you know, post-game that how big the bye week was too and Neil mentioned it himself. I mean, he talked about coming out and being fresh, feeling like that week gave them yeah. some extra time off. And I think that that was huge. I mean, this is a game that they absolutely had to win. You go on a three-game slide after starting 5-0, and people are wondering, okay, are they going to be bowl eligible? There's a lot of talk about this at the beginning of the season. Now we're kind of in this weird spot here. And I think he just really capitalized on that and just showed how important this, he was to this
3: game. Yeah, and I think you brought up a great point, the bye week. It came at an awful time and a perfect time at the same point. Because you look at those Oklahoma and Baylor games and just how banged up KU was. We had talked about it on other podcasts, other platforms. You're looking at double-digit players dealing with injuries. And now you come out today, and Devin Neal did not look like that against Baylor, against Oklahoma. This was a guy that was energized, seemed fresh, ready to go. And, I mean, we'll get to the defense later, but that's a unit, too, that looked (laughs) like it. And let's be honest here, too. Jason Bean, I think that this is probably his best performance as a Jayhawk so far. Played within himself, right? I think you look at the Baylor game and the Oklahoma game, there are moments where you kind of scratch your head, like, man, today there was the one throw where he kind of chucked it up, kind of like a YOLO throw, but outside (laughs) of that, it was one of those performances where he plays within himself. I mean, I'll just run off the stats real quick 18 to 23, 203 yards, two touchdowns, no sacks, zero interceptions, right? No turnovers. Turnovers. That's that's been the thing. And so Mm -hmm. I think for me, you look at this performance, and, and Jason Bean. Devin Neal is the headliner. Jason Bean deserves a lot of credit as well.
2: Oh, I completely agree, and I feel like a lot of times, you know, when we break down games like this, we talk about whether, oh, okay, this was an offensive showing. Oh, okay, this was a defensive showing. No, today, it was both sides of the ball. It was Bean, it was Devon Neal, it was the offense as a whole. But like you mentioned, it was also the defense too. Mm-hmm. Getting a couple guys back healthy helped to have Kobe in there. Kenny had a couple really, really big, really hard hits yeah. today. Lonnie, he, you know, walked off there for a little bit. Looked like he, you know, was suffering a little bit of something. But he came back in, had a couple huge tackles himself. I mean, it just looked like this team was all around more energized than we've said. It felt like they were a little bit deflated over the past couple weeks. And it just looked like as a whole, you know, with being at the helm, I mean, everybody just looked like they were ready to go.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I think that you transition the defense. I mean, the moment for Kobe Bryant is pretty cool, right? He has the injury against Oklahoma. I talked to him post game and he said that he thought it was a serious injury. Like he thought maybe right. is this it? Is this the end of my season? And After the game, the the, the coaches and the training staff say, hey, you're going to be okay. You're going to be able to play this season. But for him, the first snap that he plays is that interception. Really cool moment. I guess for you then, like when you watch the defense, like what stood out to you seeing that unit?
2: I would say this thing that stood out to me the most was how much better the secondary looked today. I feel like that's an area that has been kind of lacking all season. We've talked about, you know, how many points have been given up per game a lot as well. And this is a team that's giving up roughly 30 points a game all through the course of the season. Yeah. And they only gave up seven through one half. So, I mean, just really how that defense managed to capitalize. You had a couple turnovers. I think, what was it? Three picks and one fumble, I think? A couple multiple, yes, right. yeah. multiple forced turnovers there. And so, I mean, I thought that You know the guys that were playing downfield looked really, really solid today, and that was an area that's that's been criticized a lot for KU's defense lately, especially in the absence of Kobe Bryant. You know he's arguably one of the best defensive backs out there for this Jayhawk squad, but at the same time, I just thought that all of those guys looked really, really sharp today, and it's not like you know Oklahoma State is a sleeper offense either. The Big 12's got a lot of powerhouses here, but I mean Oklahoma State's got a pretty prolific offense. It helped you know that Sanders wasn't playing as well, but I mean starting quarterback conversation set completely aside. I mean this defense showed up and showed out regardless of who was you know under center today. So I just thought that I thought that the guys playing downfield did a did a really nice job yeah. today.
3: And you mentioned the secondary I'll move it up front. I thought the defensive line you look for kind of those games where things get out of hand for the defense, right? You think about Oklahoma, you're allowing 50 plus points. Right, Baylor right. Baylor was able to run all over KU. And you think about the first half against Baylor, they run the ball really well the second half KU plays a little bit better. But then when Baylor needs to go score a touchdown, they ran all over KU's defense and then today less than 3.5 yards of carry KU's defense allowed and that starts up front I think you I'll highlight some names and, and written stuff later over the weekend but I just think overall that unit contributes to that secondary I think looking all better and I mean, Rich Miller was flying around, making plays. He had the interception,
2: interception you know, I
3: think just overall, this is the defense that needed the bye week, came out from the bye week, highly energized. They took advantage of the backup quarterback, right? And there's something you said, right? Okay, you're playing a backup quarterback who's a true freshman. Sure, but can you actually make plays against him? Can you make those winning plays? And and there's
2: a difference, there's a difference. There is, right?
3: And I think that that's one of those things that this team showed is yes, okay, you played a backup quarterback, have to acknowledge that, a true freshman nonetheless, but you can drop the interceptions you could not recover the fumble. But in the end, KU made kind of those winning plays that I think we talked about a lot early in the season that hey, KU is out there making winning plays and then kind of last three weeks, those plays kind of faded away. And then I think this week they showed up again. I guess for you when you think big picture, What's next? What are you expecting going forward?
2: Oh, Big picture for me, I would just say they have to keep this energy rolling. I mean, we talked a lot about how flat it's been for the last couple weeks, and I think that happens when you're riding the high of, you know, a 5-0 start to the season, then all of a sudden your starting quarterback goes out, then all of a sudden you lose a game, then it's like the fear factor sets in, Mm. right? And so I think that a big thing for this squad is not letting the external factors get to you because you've got three regular season games left. You've got Texas Tech, you've got Texas at home, they're traveling to K-State to close out the season there. So those are three very, very big games. I mean, Texas is a ranked opponent. Texas Tech has a prolific offense as well. So I think it's just going to be keeping that mindset like they came in today. It's going to be staying fresh. That's going to be the big thing. Not letting the external noise get to them. It's going to be the defense having to stay sharp. It's going to be people like Devin Neal stepping up and having crazy performances. It's going to have to be people relying on Bean, you know? I feel like a lot of times, you know, fans get discouraged that Bean's in there. It's like, no, Bean, Bean is the guy right yep. now. And until Jalen Daniels is ready to go, I mean Bean is going to be the one. So I think it's a lot of, you know, trust. It's a lot of trust in Leipold. It's a lot of just eyes on the prize focus for me to close out the next three games. Yeah. What do you think? I
3: like what you mentioned there, keeping it going. I think you're right about the confidence side of things. Lance has talked about this a lot, where I think at times his team last year had a, oh, here we go again right, type of moment. Exactly. And this, this team really hasn't. But I think you could feel maybe some of that with the three straight losses. Is this going to be 2009 all over again, right, where you start where we five and, 0, yeah, and then, yeah. you know, from a player perspective, we're like, oh my gosh, like we don't want to become like that team. Right. or We don't want to do that. And an underrated part of this now is you have six wins. You play with free money, rest of the season. It does, there's no pressure now. There is zero pressure at all. You can go play at Texas Tech free hit it. Again, you want to win as a player, as a coach for the program. There's no pressure. They've got the sixth win. They get those bowl practices. That's a huge part of this, being able to get that extra 15 practices of development is super important. And then plus, I looked at that last game of the season against Kansas State. That is going to be a huge benchmark test for this KU team. We'll see if Jalen Daniels is available by then. Um, Jason Bean is always going to start this game. I think it's a fascinating decision next week. If Jalen is healthy enough to play, do they roll with him? Or do they say, hey, Jason Bean, you should be the guy. That's a different conversation for a different day, but... I think for me, this is one of those days for KU fans is great. They'll remember it. I got to give the KU players credit, though. Talking to them after the game, it was pretty clear. No, like there's no celebrations. There is minimal going out and going in to do things. It It is tomorrow morning. They're back in the facility. They have a lift with Matt Gildersleeve. They're going to do film, and then it's another game week. This isn't the end of the season for them. And I think for me, that's the part that stands out. Past KU teams, after a win like this, would say, great. What a great accomplishment. How great are we? I just didn't get that feeling from this team.
2: No, and that's, to me, in my mind, that's a testament to how much of an impact Leipold has really had on this program. That's all Lance Leipold, in my mind, is that, no, it's, you know, you have your, like he said in the press conference, you have your 20 minutes, or 24 hours, 20 minutes, I don't know where that came from. Oh, that's quick. 20 minutes to carry the goalpost, I guess, but you have your 24 hours of celebration period, you know, whatever that looks like, and then next thing you know, like you said, it's back to work, it's back in the office, and so I think that that's going to be a really, really a big thing for this team is just being in the right headspace and having that momentum, being resilient, and we saw that today. So
3: exactly, that's what I've got. I'm ready to go right. Can't wait. <laughs> I have a long night ahead, and can't wait to ride stuff.
2: Definitely. Well, we'll have more for you guys after the Texas Tech game next week. But for now, Kansas two four seven.
4: Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or.